Season 2, Episode 6 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Joining me this week, my co-host and now the new chair of the Johannesburg Spurs Supporters Club, Nikki Barrett. Congratulations, Nikki, on your appointment. Thank you so much. Good evening, everyone. And a new voice on the podcast, um, Ator Toma. Hello. Good evening, Javad. Good evening, Nikki. Uh, nice to join you. Good evening. Nice to join us at all. Um, let me just briefly mention that um, towards the end of last season, um, Atul got in touch with me on Twitter um, and he listened to a few of the episodes and passed a few comments and um, said, said that he enjoyed the pod and um, and I, I started to follow um, Ator and noticed he'd written a few articles for the Fighting Cock um, podcast and then we asked him to um, write a couple of um, articles for the Tottenham Hotspur Family podcast um, blog and um, I think Ator, you you mentioned to me that a few months ago that you would quite like the opportunity to appear on the podcast and lo and behold, a few articles down down the line, um, you've, you've got that opportunity. So um, it, it's it's great to have you on. Cool, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, as as you mentioned, I've kind of been an avid listener for a while now. So um, I always kind of enjoy listening to to you guys talk about Spurs, and I kind of contribute the odd question here or, here and there. So I thought it would be, I've I've been thinking it'd be quite good to actually speak to you guys live and kind of maybe impart some occasional uh, pearls of wisdom <laughs> so um so yeah that, uh, thanks for the opportunity um it's it's uh, it's been someone i've been i've been looking forward to so hopefully um i'll i'll, uh, I'll impress and um i mean it just goes to show that you know if, if anybody out if, if anyone's out there and, and they listen to the podcast and they're interested and they want to contribute um in, in any way than, than they can do whether that be appearing on the podcast or writing for our blog or in in any other way so Doors are always open. Um, right. Um, before we talk about, we've, we've had two games in the last few days. Um, before we go into that um, at all, um, we've we've got a question that I, I, I always ask new, new um, people who appear on the pods, and the question question comes from Andrew Pelling, and he asks, "How did you get bitten by the Tottenham bug?" Ah, uh, yeah. Um... It's uh, it's a bit of an bit of an odd one because um, my dad was an Arsenal fan, uh, so so while I was growing up, kind of I was um, I was exposed to a lot of Arsenal, um, but he was quite an old-fashioned fan in that um, he whenever whenever English teams played in Europe, he always wanted the English teams to beat the the foreign teams, no matter who they were. So um, so I, I, that doesn't really happen very often anymore. But I mean, um, I think. The particular period probably was around. It would have been April May two thousand. Uh, sorry, April May nineteen eighty four. Um, I remember it 
uh, quite well because it was um, I'm going to be accused of being a glory hunter now, but it was um, the it culminated in the night when um, Spurs won the UEFA Cup against Anderlecht. Um, we I I remember that um, the TV was uh, was on the blink that night, so it wasn't working. So me and my dad were huddled around a, a radio listening to it and um, hearing all those players kind of live on radio and I kind of the, the, the whole occasion got to me and obviously the, the tension and the excitement of the penalty shootout and winning it um, that's kind of when I really took notice of Spurs and started really getting into them and I think it helped that opposite my primary school in, in West London in Greenford Steve Perriman actually had a sports shop um, with um, which was emblazoned with the Spurs logo and his name and everything. So uh, the next day, my dad took me and bought me my first Spurs shirt, um, and the rest has been history really. Ever ever since then, I was kind of I was kind of bitten by the bug, um, and yeah, so far so well, so far so good most of the time. Um, sometimes not so great, but yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way. And 31 years on, you haven't looked back since. Still an avid Tottenham fan. Yeah, yeah, I am. I mean, um, I kind of living in West London, this is going to sound like an excuse because some people travel tens, if not hundreds of miles to go to games. Um, living out in West London, kind of it always seemed like a bit of a, a trek to go out there. But I, I went to my first game about maybe 10, 12 years ago. Um, and I've been a club member ever since. And actually this season, for the first time, I've become a season ticket holder um, after having to turn down the invitation two or three times in a row. So, um, so I'm really enjoying it, actually. Um, it's, it's, um, it's a whole different level of, of tension and excitement. And, um, yeah, it's so far so good. I'm really enjoying it. Um, uh, hopefully we'll have a memorable season to, to be able to look back on. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to have to talk to your fair because that, that shop that you mentioned, the yep. Steve Perriman one, um, I know... I know it quite well, and um, I didn't know that you were from that area of London. But oh wow, small we, world. We, we can we can talk about that off off, off air. Um, cool. Right to the game. Um, if we start with ladies, Nikki, um, three mm. points, three points, and another clean sheet. Absolutely, it was so exciting to watch. I was buzzing. The entire time, I was literally sitting on the edge of my seat because it was just so exciting to watch the boys play with such determination and their passes were quick and they were just on point. And yes, there was the odd error here and there, but generally, on the whole, they were outstanding. I mean, our defence was brilliant. The full-backs were excellent. Paul and I were talking about that and we were just he actually said to me that he thinks from a defensive position, a fullbacks is probably the best game he's actually seen in two years. Just how well Kyle Walker did and, and Ben Davies did and Alderweireld and, and Fatongan at the back, they were solid. Luis was outstanding as always. Mm. I haven't been Lamella's biggest fan. Um, he, he was 50-50 for me today. And there were some great passes from him and, and some excellent fancy footwork from him. But I'm still... I have my moments when he's on the ball and I think, oh my God, Lamella's on the ball, what's going to happen? So I, I do panic a little bit. But uh, our new signings, I mean, Deli Ali and, and Son, oh, just class. And Eric Dyer, I mean, I love him in that position. He is brilliant. Just the whole, the whole thing. 
everything about that match from start to finish was so wonderful to watch. And I just hope that we were able to produce more games like that because it was just electrifying and exciting and, and the fans were behind them. It was it was stunning. I'm surprised I loved you, it. I'm surprised you didn't mention NASA Chadley, but anyway. Um... <laughs> I'm saving the best for last. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so Atul, you're at the game today. Um, what was your take? Um, yeah, uh, I mean, um, similar to what Nikki was saying, I was I was very encouraged by it. Um, going into the game, I think there was a lot of apprehension and um, and kind of worry about what Palace, what threat Palace could pose, particularly with their really quick wingers, and we've kind of struggled against pace. On occasion, we saw it with Defoe last week. Um, but I thought, I mean, it's notable, Nicky mentioned the fullbacks. I thought they were really, really good. And just defensively, as a unit of five, we we were really solid. Um, Dyer is has been a revelation. I mean, he, he just seems to, to offer kind of a, a level of security that we didn't have last season, um, which is really good to see. Um, but one of the things that, that I loved was the... Um, the kind of interchanging and the quick movement between our, our front four. Um, I noticed it particularly in the in the second half, um, where they were constantly kind of making kind of quick moves, one twos, and and obviously um, that part of that culminated in the goal. Um, so yeah, it was it was very encouraging. I mean, especially when when you consider that some of our central midfield options were missing. Um, the, it, it was great to get three points. I mean, we're unbeaten in five now, if you include the Europa League game. Uh, three clean sheets in the league in the, in a row. Um, so, yeah, really, really good signs, actually. Um, mm. Hopefully we can kind of continue that uh, next week against City. Uh, or midweek against Arsenal. I think, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I was at the game as well. I'd, I'd, I'd agree with, with with all of what both you said. Um, Lloris was just Lloris. The fullback, I think both our fullbacks played um, played really well. I was disappointed that Rose wasn't in the starting lineup, but Davis um, did did a good job. Um, Walker, I think, had a fairly solid game. Um, to- Toby and Jan were, were awesome at the back. That's, that's you know we keep saying it every week that there's a real good understanding there, a really good partnership. I, I like everybody says that Jan Vertonghen is super cool. But to me, Toby, Toby, Toby is just Toby. Really cool. Toby, just, yeah, yeah. He um, he is the personification of cool. He's just so solid and yeah. never has oh. a hair out of place, does he? <laughs> Even at the end of the game. No. Um, the midfield, Dyer was my man of the match. I thought he was amazing again. Yeah. Um, Deli Ali was full of energy. Um, I, I said it on the podcast last week. I'm I'm, a, I'm and I still maintain it. I'm a little bit. Um, nervous about the fact that our fans keep building him up and and so forth and 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 I'm I'm concerned about that. But the more he plays and the more that he plays well, the less the less that becomes a concern. Um, I I just, I just don't want too much pressure on him. But he seems to be completely unfazed and he just plays really well. Um, Chadley did okay. Um, uh, I think Son did well in spells um, and lots had lots of energy and. Um, and, and, and bring something different. Um, Lamella and Kane. Uh, okay, so for, for me, Lamella, I still think he's on borrowed time. I wasn't too impressed with him on Thursday. I know he scored, but I, I wasn't impressed with his performance the first half. I think 
he had a few neat passages of play where he looked good, and then there were yeah. a few a few other times where I just felt he was like a headless ch- chicken running into a cul-de-sac. Um, I thought second half he was a lot better, and I think he probably played his best game this season for us, certainly in the Premier League. Um, but he needs to do that on a consistent basis, and. Okay. And whilst it might be true that he works hard and he can track back, and that's fine, we didn't sign Lamella because of those qualities. Um, no. and his, his creativity is, is, what, is what we're looking to. And I still just, I don't know, I f- it's, he gets the ball in certain positions, and I just feel, as I said earlier, that he's just running around like a headless chicken for me. So jury's still mm. out, but... You know, he started again today in 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 the central role behind. Well, actually, started on the right, I should say. Uh, um, the 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 lineup at the beginning, I think, had him in a central role, but I think he was on the right for most of the game. But um, as I said, he did he did interchange with the the other um, players in our forward line. Um, it was it was great to see Ericsson come on. Great to see I, I was so thrilled to see him. It was just, I just didn't realise how much I missed not seeing him on the pitch. I must be honest. It, it was just, he just brings another level with him. You know, there's just this. He's he's a he's a he's a game changer. He's a a, a game maker. For, you know, he just does something. There's something so magical about that boy. And and yes, I know that he's been off. You know, he hasn't been his best of late yeah. and of course then he was injured and all the rest of it but really that boy the magic he creates on the pitch I'm sorry he is just one of our key players and and I'm, I'm so excited to be able to see what he and Son can do you know how they could link up I mean even even Dyer look at Dyer you know he was just oh, outstanding I mean if you think of all the boys they were really really they they played their socks off today they really did I was so I, proud of them. I agree about um, Ericsson. Like I, I, I didn't realise until kind of I heard that he was potentially going to be in the lineup. But I, I didn't realise how much kind of I'd missed him and seen him on the pitch. Um, I, when he came on, I, there's this air of confidence that you mm. have when he's on the pitch, and he doesn't always deliver. I mean, when when he's been running to the ground in terms of the number of games he's played, obviously kind of he's only human at the end of the day, but. Um, yeah, kind of when he's on the pitch. I mean, we just saw with the, the his contribution to the goal. Um, yeah, he's always got some sort of eye for a forward pass or some sort of um, some sort of a positive um, contribution. And yeah, I, th- I think having him back is is a really, really, really um, encouraging and good sign. Um, I mean, hopefully he can kind of he can hit the ground running again like he did uh, for yeah. most of last season. I hope so. I mean, I wonder when he came on because it was midway through the game, um, and other players are going to be slightly more tired, and he's going to be slightly more fresher. I wonder whether that helped, and I wonder whether in the games before he got injured, and also last season, t- towards the end of last season, where he was looking a bit off the pace, whether it was just match fitness, just him, just needing a rest, and 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 maybe the fact that he's he's been injured for a few. He's been out injured, perhaps been a blessing in disguise. It's allowed him to go away and regroup and come back fresher. I don't know. 
it will remain to be seen but certainly he, he looked when he came on he looked full of energy and he, he he looked really good on the ball and it looked like the Ericsson Foles oh yeah he looked really sharp and and alert I mean he's just such a he's such a brilliant he's got such a brilliant football mind he sees the landscape so clearly you know that's what I love about him and yes I mean let's not forget I mean uh, Lamella did have a have a part to play in that role you know but at the same token, if Lamella was more consistent, I would be singing his praises too. Mm. But all too often, he's inconsistent, and that is the problem. Uh, and forget about what we paid for him. I couldn't give two hoots about that. Facts of the matter remain. He's supposed to be a talent. He hasn't shown us that. He's shown little snippets of it, but he's too inconsistent for me. I don't understand why Pochettino persists with him. Maybe it's to try and get him um, match fit and build up his confidence or something. I don't, or maybe it's just the Argentinian connection. I have no idea. But I just think that we've got better players available to us now. Um, at all, uh, Lamella seems to be a player that divides a lot of opinion amongst Spurs fans. You either like him or you or you don't like him and think the jury's out. out, out. What's What's your opinion on Lamella? Um, I've up until probably the first game or two of this season, I, I've been I've been very patient with my my kind of appraisal of him. Um, I mean, that, as we said, kind of we see s- snippets of, of talent or um, really kind of. Uh, game-changing moments, but it's just not consistent enough. And in the past, we've talked about things like fitness or his acclimatation to the Premier League and that sort of thing. Um, but I, I'm kind of very much on that line now, where I'm, I'm very much kind of in the in the frame of mind where he needs to start delivering now and consistently. Um, he's had, I know his his first season was quite um, injury. Uh, affected but he's had over two years now um, and a lot of other players who cost a lot less money and are a lot uh, are not as big a name as him come in and hit the ground running and, and have an impact straight away um, so he really is at the point where he needs to start delivering and delivering soon on a consistent basis because because um, my, my thought is that if if he's if he if he wasn't in the squad from a footballing perspective, would we really miss him? And I mean, today with with standing where I thought he had a pretty good game, I don't really think we'd really miss him if he wasn't if we have got rid of him mm. in the window because uh-huh. we've got so many kind of young, talented, hungry players ready to step up, and we're seeing it with the likes of Deli Ali, who's come in and really sees the the opportunity. That can we really be affording to faff around with Lamella and wait for him to deliver when? He hasn't so far, and potentially we're stunting the development of all these younger, really kind of hungry kids who are coming through. I think that that's a really good point because uh, Nicky, you referred to Ericsson earlier and the fact that he'd been away for a bit and he hadn't realised how much sort of we'd missed him, and mm-hmm. he comes back. And the same could be said of, for instance, I think the same different sort of player, but Dyer. If we ever lost Dyer for injury Absolutely. or or um, Walker. Or, 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 or I know Walker, that you're or... not a fan of Walker, but Walker, we missed him when he was injured. 
that that's that's true. Um, and for Tongan or Toby or Danny Rose, every time he's injured, we end up missing. Danny Rose or or, or, or Deli Ali at the moment. Um, I don't know if the same could be said said of of, um, of Lamella. So I think that that's a really good um, point at all. Um, just a quick word on Harry Kane. Okay, so that's now I think six Premier League matches. I've done the math correctly, um, where he hasn't scored. He had a chance early on, which a header, which I wasn't expecting him mm-hmm. to score. He was sort of leaning back, but I was expecting... A better effort. better effort, and, and for it to be on target, and for him to test the goalkeeper. So that that was slightly disappointing. And I, the first few games when I, this, this season, when he hadn't scored, I wasn't too worried, because... I know it's going to happen. And I'm still not particularly worried because he, he's done it for England. He scored two goals for England um, already and then they were both well-taken goals. And I know it's going to come, but it's just one of those things. As it drags on, it's bound to psychologically affect him. You know what? I mean, if you if you look at him and how he plays, he's, he's another one. He puts his heart and soul into it. So, I, you know, I don't think that it's getting him down, really. Not it not as yet at any stage, but it is going to become a problem if he becomes selfish with this desire to want to score and he doesn't pass the ball in order for somebody else to score because he's not got the opportunity or he's not in a great position to do so. And then it's going to put us in jeopardy. So I quite like the fact that we've got Sun with him. Um, And and I do like the fact that he was so... uh, after Sun scored, how he went to go and congratulate him. I was really, it, it was like quite an emotional moment because here's this guy who had all this hype around him last season and and I, I'm sure he is not blind to the fact that everybody's talking about the fact that he hasn't scored for Spurs yet this season. He's not, He's. Not, I'm sure he's seen what's gone, gone on in the media. But there he was and he went to congratulate the guy. So for me, I just think it will happen he needs to stop trying so hard. I was going to say, um, against Sunderland um, last week, I, I felt that he was at times just trying to do too much. Mm. And even today at times I felt... Um, I suppose it's, it's one of those things. Once that first goal goes in, the next one will follow and and it will just yeah. become natural again. But one thing about him, irrespective of the fact that he's, he hasn't scored for us yet this season, he still is... Well, he's our only recognised centre forward or target man or whatever and he plays that role really well you know he's strong he can hold up the ball he can bring other players into the game and now suddenly we've got players like Deli Ali who's got pace and and, 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 and energy and and uh, Sun and Niji who can get beyond and mm. get into the box so he complements those players very well so even if he's not on the score sheet for me he, he, he's bringing other players into the game, which is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just I think if he stops overthinking the game, because last season he just did things. You know, he wasn't thinking about it. It just happened for him. And I think now he's stopping to think too much. And that's when, if you get into your head, you're going to get into problems. So I think the minute he stops thinking and just starts playing and, and takes a leaf out of, a page out of um, Sun's book, Sun just wants to play. He doesn't care what position he's in. He just wants to play. And Harry must get that attitude back. And I think as soon as he does, he'll he'll be paper away. I think, uh, uh, sorry, just uh, regarding Kane. 
I think he's he's suffering from the fact that defenders are a lot wiser to him now. Um, I mean, looking at the games that he's played this season, especially in the Premier League, he is constantly, if not double marked, triple marked. He's mm. he's under a lot of pressure, uh, kind of, from defenders, and it doesn't help from the fact that he's the only kind of lone front man um, that we've got. Um, so that that is obviously affecting kind of his his productivity in terms of goals. Um, I his season last season he scored thirty one goals and I think all of us deep in our hearts knew he probably wouldn't get too close to that this season. It's kind of one of those seasons where where it's like a a wonder season. I think if he scores fifteen to twenty, he's had a decent season, especially if the likes of the people you mentioned, Son and Ericsson and Chadley and then G chip in with maybe average of ten goals each. That's a pretty good season in terms of goals scored as a team. And mm. it goes back to the point you were making, Javad, about how it's a different way of playing for Kane in that he's there as an outlet for players to pass to him and then for him to hold up the ball and play in other runners who are running beyond him. Um, so we probably won't see as good a return, but as a team, we should hopefully see more goals. Um, also, I mean, I, I think that... He's getting in the right positions. I'd, I'd be worried if he wasn't getting in the right positions and his head started to drop in the way that maybe Soldado was or Torres when he was going through the, those really bad patches at Chelsea. Um, he's still getting in those positions. It's just he's not putting them away. And he could have easily had three or four goals so far this season. Um, but like you say, I'm sure as soon as the first one or two go in, they're just going to keep on coming, hopefully. Um, and then... As, as long as a team as a whole is scoring enough, um, I can live with him not not scoring 31 again this season. Um, just looking at the season overall, um, so six matches played, we're ninth in the table at the moment with nine points. In fact, there are Palace, Swansea and Everton directly above us, but only on goal difference or goals scored. Um, so we're a point behind Arsenal, who are in, who are in fifth. And three points behind Leicester and West Ham, who are in fourth and third. And then you've got United um, four points ahead in second, and then City all the way at the top. Um, if you look at this season overall, just not just for us, but apart from City, who obviously lost today, there hasn't been a really outstanding team. Um, I think Leicester City have done very well. They're the only unbeaten team. Um, but with all due respect to them, I don't think Leicester City are going to be... Um, in the top four, anywhere near the top four um, no. from the end of the season. I don't think West Ham will, will be. Um, and, um, and, you know, it's probably going to be the usual suspects, but even amongst those usual suspects, apart from City, I don't think United have been particularly wonderful. Um, I thought they weren't that great against us and were lucky to beat us. And, of course, mm. they're the only team to beat us this season. Um, Arsenal haven't been particularly impressive, and, and Chelsea... Um, I'm pissing myself with laughter um, looking at them. Um, so, given all of that, we've actually done okay. You know, one defeat against United on the first day, and we shouldn't have lost that game. Um, and we, we played well, and we were unlucky to, to to lose that. Two draws after that, okay, they were disappointing. The manner in which we both against Stoke and then Leicester City um, threw away leads, and then three clean sheets, Everton. 
Um, I think we were the better team. Sunderland, I don't think we were, we were great against Sunderland, but we we needed to get that win and we got that three points. Um, and I, to me, it was in lieu of all the performances prior to that, like against Everton, against United, when we didn't come away with four points or anything at all. And then another win today and another clean sheet. And, you know, we're starting to move move in the right, right direction. There was lots of people being... Lots of lots of our fans were nervous in the summer about our lack of transfer activity, um, the signing of a Korean international um, was I don't know frowned upon by some uh, in some quarters. But we've actually strengthened in the summer. We've got rid of a lot of the deadwood, and we've mm. bought some really good players. Obviously, Deli Ali came in January, um, but was loaned back to MK Dons, um, and we've got. Um, other young players breaking through Tom Carroll's been give it, given a chance this, this season, Harry Winks so um, I think you know, we're, we're making steady progress um, and hopefully the best is yet to come mm, Absolutely, I agree with all of that Joe. Yeah, also, also one pleasing thing for me is the fact that, I mean one of the banes of my life over the last couple of years as a Spurs fan is the fact that we very rarely have a settled back five um, mm. I'm a firm believer in like kind of team results are, are built upon a solid defence and the amount of centre-back partnerships we went through last season it was just insane but I mean barring the occasional kind of swapping of Davis and Rose this season we've we've had the same five pretty much and it's really kind of reflected in like, like you said the clean sheets we're picking up and just the That's... general kind of solid nature of how they're how they're performing so um that that's kind of like contributed a lot to results, I think, in my opinion. I know. I I said a few weeks ago that that our defence was still up to crap, and um, and now they're making me eat my words because because I mean today's performance, if they could play like that together as a unit and just, I mean it, it they were they really were really good, and I mean Luis is just Luis, he's just amazing, and Davies, um, he's. I've never been a fan of Davies. I'm just not sure what he's got to bring. But he really had a great game today. He was solid and he, defensively, he was really, really good. I mean, everyone knows I love Danny Rose, but, but you know, we know he's not the best in defence. He's always good going forward. But, um, but I mean, I think we've we've got we've got some excellent, excellent players in the back, and we're shoring up our defence, and that is fundamental in our season this 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 year we need and we, it and we've got a shield in front of key point i kept making last season we we've got a shield in front of that back four in dire um yes. the, the, yeah, the, very I good point yeah really really important um just a really quick one um i think i know um nikki i think you sort of we know the answer and you sort of hinted at it there and uh and i'm a danny rose fan as well so i'm just going to ask you at all um Rose or Davis, which one? If you had to pick one, <laughs> um, I would say if I had to, I'd probably say Rose. Um, having said that, he was pretty bad on Thursday, so he'd have to do better than that. But um, yeah, we're fortunate to be in a position where if one of them is underperforming, we can bring the other one in and and they can do a decent job. I mean, I, I think the whole thing about bringing bringing Davis in to raise Rose's game. I think might have actually gone full circle now because Rose had such a good season last season. Davis hardly got a look in. 
and it looks like over the summer he's Davis has really kind of worked hard to reach that level and he's now basically mm-hmm. he's claimed back the place and Rose is going to have to 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 force it back now so it, it's a really good good problem to have to be honest no, for sure. Sorry, Jav, I just want to quickly touch on that. But but because they're so, they, they've got key areas where they're really good. I, like I said earlier, I mean, Rose is just so good. He's going forward. He's really good. And and I think Davis is possibly a tad better than, um, than Rose defensively. So they do bring different aspects to the game as well. So I think it depends on who we play against as to which one you're going to be playing. But yeah, I do think you're right. I think Davies has lived to his game and this has put pressure under on Rose again, who, who now has to do whatever he needs to do to lift his game. And it's nice that we've actually got these players putting everybody under pressure. I mean, where do we see our little stars in the middle, Mason and, and um, Bentaleb? They're nowhere to be seen. Okay, I know Mason's injured, but yeah. I, I think Bentaleb's injured too. But you're not seeing them because other people are being given that opportunity and they're rising to the occasion. The good thing is, I'd like to think that both Mason and Bentaleb, unlike, shall we say, some of some of the play, some of our midfield players that we shipped out in the summer, I would like to think that they are the sort of players that would respond to that competition. Absolutely, and share oh, a bit more cool. desire um, and not just. Sit, sit on their backside and take the uh, money home. Um, right, second half in the second half of the podcast, in fact, actually, before we do that, um, we played Carabag, or Carrier Bag, in, in the Europa League on Thursday. I have absolutely nothing to add on that game. Does anybody want to say anything about that game? Other we won. Than we won it. We won. We were, expect, <laughs> we were expected to beat them, anyway. Well, it was, it was a really, really good um, reaction to conceding the early penalty. Yeah, I mean, Spurs teams of old would have struggled to like a one-one draw or something, but I think we we recovered well to to mm-hmm. win pretty convincingly in the end. Okay. Right. So in the second half, we will we'll, we'll do some questions and um, we'll um, we'll be looking at the Spurs ladies again, and uh, we'll also discuss the um, we'll look to the. Game in the middle of the week against Woolwich and um, next Saturday against Manchester City. Um, and before we do that, looking at those games, here is Elliot Line with this week's forward line. This is the forward line on the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast with me, Elliot Line, looking forward to the Premier League game against Manchester City on September 26th. Last season, we lost this fixture 1 0 through a Sergio Aguero goal. On that occasion, we got off comparatively lightly, as in our previous three meetings, they put 15 goals past us. Man City has started off very strongly this season, and it's going to be a tough game, but anything could happen. I rate the likelihood of us scoring as a steady 50%, of us scoring more than once as only 13%, and of us keeping a clean sheet as a lowly 25%. The most likely scorelines are a 1-0 defeat, a 1-1 draw, a 2-0 defeat, and a nil-nil draw. Overall, I have only 20% for a Spurs win, 28% for a draw, 52% for a Man City win. Uh, this has been the forward line with Elliot Line. Come on, you Spurs. 
Welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Thank you, Elliot, for the forward line. Um, I should add um, that Elliot um, didn't get round to um, uh, recording a bit for the Arsenal game, but he has sent me um, the um, his notes for, for that match. So um, Elliot rates the likelihood of a Spurs win as against Arsenal as 32%, of a draw as 27%, and of a defeat as 41%. The likelihood likelihood of us advancing to the next round is 41%, and of us being knocked out as 59%. Right, okay, so, and looking at that game, it's Arsenal, third round of the Capital One Cup, Wednesday evening. Um, We're going to beat them, surely. It's a foregone conclusion. Well, maybe it's not a foregone conclusion, but we we're not going to go into it saying that the the Arsenal are going to beat us. So, no, definitely no. not. This is this is one time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is one time. I'm very happy to say that Elliot is talking rubbish. <laughs> Love you, Elliot, but sorry, we are going to fight tooth and nail and and do whatever we can to win that game. I'm sorry. It's it's just. Why should we just? Why must there be this little curtain around us? It's like this this doom and gloom when we play the likes of Arsenal and Chelsea and Man City and Man United. Screw that! Also, and I'm trying really also, hard not to. Also, don't forget we beat them last season. Exactly. Also, don't forget so last season. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So why shouldn't we beat them? They're going through a bit of a mini crisis as well, which is nice to see. The 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 Wenger out brigade were were in force um, midweek, which is always good. Um, mm. It's almost a shame we're not playing them at, at, at their stadium because it would have been fun to see their fans behind their back. But um, yeah, rub salt in the wounds. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like um, going back to our to our current side. Uh, I think any any opponent of ours going into a game against us, because there are so many new players in there, um, and it's difficult even for us as fans to be able to predict what a line what lineup is going to go up, be put mm-hmm. out. I think for opponents, it, it's a worry as well. So I mean, there's going to be a degree of kind of uncertainty at, at their end in terms of who they're going to be going up against, and, and that mm-hmm. should hopefully feed into into us kind of getting the advantage over them and knocking them the hell out. I, th- I think much will depend on the team that we field and they field. Um, I think Poch will, a bit like in the Euro- Europa, he rested one or two, certainly, but there were still a lot of first-team players that played in that match, and there was a few that are in, a, in or around the first team. So I think we will... Play a strongish lineup. Um, I don't know how seriously Wenger's going to take the competition. So, I think yeah, look, yeah, it's it's all speculation at this at this stage. We obviously would hope that we're going to beat them, but it depends on, like you said, who we, who we field and who they field. So, um, what's what's more important to to try and and beat City or and or hold them to a draw or to go all out on Wednesday against Arsenal. It's a tough one. I don't know. Yeah, it's a very good point. I mean, we've got the early kickoff on Saturday. So mm-hmm. playing on Wednesday night doesn't really give us much time to 
to kind of rest and then prepare tactically for Saturday. So I guess it's all going to come down to what ah, but we, Pochettino sees as the priority. But we we cope. We have a tendency to, to to not cope with that when it's when it's in the Europa playing on a Thursday Sunday. But we did that against um, okay, not the same opposition, but we did that against Carabag on Thursday, and then we won today. Um, so it's approximately the same time difference of Wednesday night kickoff and then a Saturday 12:45. Today was 1:30. Good point. Um, it also also helps they're both they're all home games as well. Yeah. So we yeah. Had to travel halfway travel. across the globe and then come back again. Um, I think that the only thing that concerns me, I would because Kane is the only sort of recognised. Um, I'm going to be very careful in because I think the term striker is banded about and can mean various things. But he's he's the only centre forward, traditional, strong, can hold the ball up type player that we've got. I would hope that he was rested on Thursday. He didn't start, although he did come on. I would hope that he doesn't play the full ninety against Arsenal. Because we're going to need him against City, and if he takes a knock, then it will be a blow. Mm. It will be. It's like we said, Jeb. I actually, it's all speculation. The optimist in me wants wants us to win both games. Uh, the realist in me is saying, you know what? Because Man City are good. I mean, they've they've had a couple of they, they lost. You said today. Did they lose? Who yeah, City? Yeah. yeah. City lost yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday, yeah. who did yeah. they, who did they yeah, lose to? West Ham, wasn't it? Yesterday. It's West fine. Ham. Yeah, West yeah. Ham are doing the same thing they did last season. They're starting off really well, but I think they'll peter out. But, um, but City you, you know why that out. is? Sorry, 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 Nikki. You know why that is? Because they're trying to get. The, it's basically it's their relegation fight. So they'll get to forty points um, as soon as possible, and then that's it. And then they're safe. Oh, okay. I remember when they were they were in the Champions League places at the beginning of the year. That was a worry. Yeah, not really. <laughs> I always knew that that wouldn't last. But but the point yes. we're trying to make <laughs> is uh, City have got a good side. So I think I think getting a draw against them at home is is a good result. Obviously, I'd love us to win. But I think it would be a really, really good result if if we hold them to a draw at home. Um, beating Arsenal would just be just divine. I mean, mm. that you know. But we've got to be realistic. If we're knocked out of the Capital One Cap um, tournament, is it is it the be all and end all? Is it really? No, uh, but it would be nice to get to a cup final again, and it would and this, be, and this time win a trophy. Um, I think, okay, I so, think also the fact we'd lose to the the goons as well, they'd be the ones to knock us out. That would, yeah, would hurt a little bit. Yeah, it would. No, you're right. Um, okay, quick prediction from for both of you then for for Wednesday and Thursday respectively, Nikki. <laughs> Okay, um, one nil win on Wednesday, and a draw on Saturday. Okay. I, I can't uh, tell you how many goals, but it will be a draw. I'd say a two one on Wednesday, and 
To us or one, them? To us, of course. Oh, good. Just and, check. <laughs> and a 1-0 to us on Saturday. Oh, I like I that. Thought, that's very optimistic. Well, you know, you'll aim high <laughs> and you won't get too disappointed. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go for 2-0 on Wednesday. And I think we haven't beaten City um, since 2010. Mark Hughes was... Sorry, well, we haven't beaten them at home since 2010. Mark Hughes was the manager. Um, that's five years ago. Um, so we do a victory. Uh, I think we'd do what, do well to draw when I'm going to say one all, one all against City and two nil against um, against Woolwich. Right. Um, bu- 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 bu. Okay, Nikki. Um, I mentioned right at the outset of the podcast. In fact, I've, I mentioned it. Um, I think in the previous pod that um, you're the new chair of the Johannesburg Spurs Supporters Club. Um, if you could briefly just give us an update, how's that going? Uh, it's it's going slowly, but it's going. Um, I've had lots of interests, etc. Uh, I've set up a Facebook page. Um, a lot of people have contacted me with a view to becoming a member, etc. So I'm making it quite an official sort of thing and um, just to try and keep control, really. I've been in talks with one of our local pubs in Bryanston who this week agreed to be our home base. Um, they obviously show a lot of sports there, but um, and they're not affiliated with any of the other premiership um Team, so they've agreed to be the Spurs' home base, which is which is great, considering that the owner is a Man United supporter. <laughs> so hopefully, I get to turn him. Um, but that news will be going out to our Johannesburg Spurs supporters pub um, members as soon as I wrap up all the finer details. So it's very exciting. It will be nice to be able to get together and um, and just get a, a better. Uh, I don't know. Um, Hello, fan base, a bit of following, a bit of a bit of footprint in in South Africa, really. Mm. But you know, there's so many of us. Actually, we just don't know it, and we just we just not enough people are sort of rallying together. And I think that's the thing I want to change. I want to be able to get as many of us together um, to be able to enjoy watching games together, supporting Spurs. And and doing everything in the name of, of Tottenham Hotspur. Well, well done to you for for doing that. And I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a long, hard road ahead, but hopefully a, a very rewarding one at the end of it. Well, a raw, 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 a <laughs> rewarding one um, along the way, and and uh, and you know, a little acorn makes a big tree. So um, you want to yeah. start from somewhere. Um, Tor, if I come to you, I, I forgot right at the beginning when I introduced you, um, I, I should just mention, so you, you've written a few articles for us. Um, you've got a Twitter handle, which is at AT underscore Spurs. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. Right. Yep. And you've also got your own blog, is that right? I do, is... yeah. I do. It's uh, uh, Hurricane Season, so with a, with a K uh, for Kane, obviously. So hurricaneseason.wordpress.com. Great. Okay. All right. Um, before we before we look at questions, um, very briefly, here is Bex with this week's update on the Spurs ladies. Hi, this is Bex with this week's update on the Spurs ladies. The girls are playing right now. This is Sunday afternoon on completion of the Spurs 
Palace game and we're playing Forest Green at home at Chesung and we're 1-0 up with a goal from Leah Rawl. What I wanted to do this week was to bring you some uh, player updates, at least get you familiar with the names and the girls that are playing for the team. I've had a look on the Spurs site and you can find absolutely no information at all. So, on that note, given the fact that we are currently winning 1-0, we lost our game, our league game midweek to Charlton, we lost that 2-1, um, which is a bit of a shame. We're playing now, we're playing next Sunday at Canvey Island, if anybody's got nothing better to do with their day, at 2 o'clock. So that's me, that's the team. If you want to get in touch with me, I'm on Twitter at BunchesBex, and I'll give you an update next week. Thanks. Thank you, Bex, for that. And right, let's do some questions to finish off. So um, if I start with Mark Stoll, um, who is going to be on the podcast next week, um, he sent us a question. Um, he's a new listener to the, to the pod, um, and he says, what do people see being our settled team this season, barring injuries? Nikki, ladies first. Uh, okay. Um, you see, oh, that's a good question, because there are just so many players um, that we, we, we can choose from. We're actually very fortunate that we've got a selection, but I would say... Um, Larice, absolutely, Larice Alderweireld for Tongan. We've got um, Walker and hmm, I don't know. I think the two will continue to interchange, and that's okay. Davies and Rose. I don't think that either are good enough to be in that position full time. Then in the centre, oh, oh, she was Dyer, Ellie, Ellie, and Dyer. Um, I, I really like that combination. I love Dyer has to be there, and I don't know because what Delhi Ali brings. We've we've also got other players like Mentaleb, and mm. yes, they were. Um, Dembele, I love Dembele. Oh man, no! How can you make me choose? Okay, well. No, actually, I, I, you I, know I, what? I, scrap that. Oh, okay. Um, I, scrap that. I, I can't I can't choose. Um, I, you're you're right, Nikki. It's, it's difficult to choose. I think that, um, and please both of you feel free to interrupt. Um, I think it's fair to say that we're we're all agreed on on the back five goalkeeper in the back and the back four pretty much. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. I think. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, like Nikki mentioned earlier, alternating Rose and uh, Davis depending on your position. But yeah, generally, yeah. Okay, and we, we we both agree on Kane up front. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I would have said Addy, but no. Um, uh, right. Kane up front. Uh, I think, yeah, where it gets difficult, I think at the moment, I'd probably, you'd probably say Dyer, Dyer with one other. And then you've got, I suppose you've got a choice of, yeah, Dembele on current form a few weeks ago, probably ahead of Bentalab. Mason's mm. possibility. Deli, the thing with Deli Ali is Nicky, he, he could he played there today, but he can play further forward. So. Yeah, he could. So he's 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 a little he's a little gym where you can slot him in wherever you you yeah. might need him. Yeah, he'll be in in and in and around that team. Um, and then the three behind Kane. Obviously, Deli Ali's one possibility if you slot him in there. If you don't, just for the sake of argument, I'm. I'm assuming on current form, we'd probably say Ericsson, 
Chadley and Son. I like that combination. Because I... if, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry if you if you think back to when we did the uh, this, the podcast here in South Africa, remember what what uh, Dean was saying about having goal scorers behind Kane. You've got to be able to have somebody. Any one of those people should be able to to score a goal, and um, and that's the fundamental part of having your your forwards. And and I think that works. I mean, that's quite a good lethal combination, in my opinion. I I would say with the three of those, yeah, definitely. I mean, in terms of the attacking midfielder options we have from past experience, they definitely offer offer more goals than any other combination that we have and with with Kane not scoring as many as he, he, he did last season I think those goals from midfield are vital so yeah on paper I think they'd be the first um, choices however I kind of have a slight concern with Chadley in that I think that when he's not scoring goals which he, he hasn't for a few games now. I know it's not the longest time, but the longer it goes on, the kind of more notable it is. I don't feel he contributes a massive amount to the rest of the build-up play in a way that an Ericsson does, for example. Um, so I, I guess I guess Wiley scoring goals, yeah, he's definitely the, the that choice on the left. But we've got so many other kind of... Um, players who can come in. I think we've got four or five other options there who can come in. So who, who would you it, be your next best option? Uh yeah, that's that's a tough one. Um you see it, now be careful because everybody that's listening to this is thinking, oh my God, he did not just say that about Chadley to Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um yeah, yeah you, you know what? Very, I'd like I'd like I'd like to see uh NG given a try, but he needs to kind of earn it yeah. obviously um lamella doesn't score enough um so yeah that which is why i say that at the moment with the three of them scoring they're definitely the first choices but if he's not scoring mm. then no. we potentially have a have a decision to make um because there are other players there that can come in whether they they they'll score as many as him i don't know but um, i mean we've hardly seen pritchard this season for example and he he was great in the championship he could be another Deli Ali for we know, but um, I haven't seen much of him so far. I know, and it's a pity. I'd like to see more of, of the other, of the other guys that we've we've got. I mean, I'd, mm. I'd love to be able to see more of them. Well, I think when, really Wednesday f- might be an opportunity for that. Yeah, no, good point. Yeah, I think we're in a really fortunate position in that. Um, while we don't have maybe the quality that we would like in central midfield, and while we don't maybe have the, we don't definitely don't have the depth depth we have up front, I think we have competition all for places all across the team. It's we've already talked about the back four. We've got two good full backs on either side. We've got three or four centre backs which we would happily have in there. Um, it's hard to choose two central midfielders. We've got three or four there who could easily come in um several options behind the behind harry kane so yeah it's 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 a it's a it's really encouraging actually um it's been a while since we had that uh to the point where someone as as experienced and talented as dembele we don't even know when he's going to come back into the team and where he's going to play um so yeah it's 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 quite a good um 
good situation to be in. Mm. Okay, so moving on, um, Lynette Keeler asks, has Andros proved he can still do a job for us on the wing? <sighs> Look, I just, I think he's another one that's very, very eager. I didn't see really if, that he added value on on Thursday I must be honest and and I was hoping I was expecting more from him because I actually really like him and I like his energy and I love his pace so um I don't know I don't know but one thing is for sure he is going to try he's another trier like like Lamelo you know um puts his heart and soul into it so I don't know hopefully it hopefully it pays off for him I don't know I think I think with Andros, um, he he showed that he can come on and have an impact last week against Sunderland. I mean, he arguably mm. changed the game by running at the defence. Um, as a starter, though, he's he's not often impressed. I mean, there's that one game I remember end of last season where I think he got taken off at half time because he wasn't tracking back or something like that. So, kind of, he's he's it's not often he's really. Um, really made an impact starting in games. I I do like him though. I think I think with Lennon leaving, he's one of the few kind of really um options we've got in terms of pace. I mean Sun might be mm. a, another one and then G, but they're obviously new. Um and the fact that he's a Spurs fan as well, I'm a, I'm a sucker for that sort of thing. So you, you can you can tell in that you can tell he really, really wants to succeed at his boyhood club. Yeah. Um yeah. As a squad player, I definitely think he could do something for us. Whether he's good enough to start for us regularly, I don't know. I don't think he's proven it yet. And whether he'd be happy to be a squad player is a is a different story because he's talked before about not wanting to go out on loan to this, that and the other club. And um, he seems like the sort of player who would like to have regular games. So whether he can for us, I don't know. Um but he, he does offer us a different dimension when he is playing well. Mm. Absolutely. He, he certainly offers us something different. And, um, yeah, listen, no, he's, he's, he's certainly a good squad player. Um, but if, if your Deli Alleys and, and, and your sons and Nishis offer us that, something different and, and, and prove that they're worthy of a place in, in the first team, uh, you know, um, how can I put this? If they, if they are at the next level, and he doesn't progress to that next level, then his chances will be limited, um, and he will still have a role, no doubt, to play. And and I'm sure he'll be a good squad player. But I think he needs to improve his game. I suppose is what I'm saying. But it it, uh, it boils down to everybody, Jeb, and I was saying that's right in the beginning of the season. Everybody's got to up their game now because there's so many, there's so many options, and that's what we've been saying now this evening. There's so many options, so everybody's got to up their game mm. because if they don't, somebody's going to come along and take your position away from you. So, the, the only player I think that that, that doesn't apply to is Larice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and by virtue of the fact, I go back to we don't have anybody else like him who can lead the line, Harry Kane. Which I think is a shame because if we had another centre forward striker that could play on his own, um, they would offer Kane that competition. Mm. Adebayo's oh. available. 
Yes, we could we could sign him back. We could sign him back. That would that would be good. We could sign him back and pay him tuppence. Pay him. He really could cheap. give give us back the five million we paid him to go. Oh my word! I think I just threw up a little bit in my throat. <laughs> right. Um, Brian Campbell asks: Are we better this season than last? Um, I would say that a it's too early to tell, but based on the players that we've got rid of in the summer and the players that we've brought in, I think our squad is a lot stronger and I think we're, we're moving in the right direction. So hopefully, yes, in time, we will be. I agree with that. Nothing to add. Yeah, I mean, the players that left, vast vast majority of the players that left in the summer, they they weren't really contributing anything. They either were frozen out completely or they were coming on for five minutes at the end of games. Um, so getting rid of them hasn't made us any weaker, I don't think, in that respect. And we do have competition, more competition for places now. Um, mm. So, yeah, surely that can only make us stronger, I hope. Yeah. Okay. Um, Nick Seal asks, why in the main do our, do our overseas players seem to take longer to hit the ground running compared to other clubs? Oh, just ask the question again, sorry. So Nick Seal asks, why in the main do our overseas player players seem to take longer to hit the ground running compared to other clubs? Hmm. I don't know if that's true, by the way. Well, I don't know. I mean, look, look at look at Sun. He's hit the ground running, and yep. and brilliantly so. You know, uh, yeah. I don't know what it is. But, Some people just have that ability to adapt really quickly, and and others don't, mm-hmm. I suppose. And and I don't think that other clubs um, have players that are don't struggle as much as our players do. Well, if you, if you take Manchester United, they had Di, Di Maria last season, for example, yeah, and they had Fal, Falcao. So I don't think we're any special or any different to other clubs that have players overseas players that don't hit hit the ground running straight away or hit, or, or hit the ground running straight away I, I think some of it is self-imposed though certainly under Pochettino because he he seems to like rightly or wrongly he seems to like easing players overseas players into the side over a period of games um, I mean look it's taken a few games for NG to even start on the bench um, mm. yeah and, and kind of last season I, I can't remember the specific individuals but I mean, I do remember it took a while for um, new signings to actually make starts, um, whereas other teams maybe don't have that luxury and just have to throw players in. And some of them do well and some of them don't. Um, also, I mean, this is maybe kind of more of a legacy thing from the, the that time when we spent the bail money. I think in the past we've signed players and not really thought about how they would fit into the system. Soldado mm. is a perfect example. Um we really, while while he obviously could have done more as a striker to succeed, I don't think we really played to his strengths at all. Um, similar with Paulinho, we we brought him in yeah. and played him as a defensive midfielder in a four-two-three-one, yes. and he's anything but a defensive midfielder. Yeah. Um, so I think I think we've contributed to that ourselves in the past. It looks like that's changed now with the current transfer policy, but um, it, it's it's a legacy of, of years gone by. I think. 
Okay, um, final few questions to try to get through this um, as quickly as possible. Chris Cowell asks, spotting a talented youngster for 4 million who goes on to play a major part in your team for a long career or buying a 50 million player from overseas that destroys teams for a couple of seasons before he moves on, which one would you opt for? The first, obviously. I'd rather, and that's exactly what Pochettino is doing. Mm, You know, he's, he's building his squad from the ground up with with the younger members um, who don't cost a fortune, who maybe don't have a big name as yet, but they are going to have a big name. And I think because of what they will achieve as a team, well, this is what I believe or or hope for at any rate, my ever optimism, um, because of what they're going to achieve as a team, they're going to want to stay together. They're not going to want to leave because because just think that this is the team that got you to Champions League or this is the team that won that cup or that cup, you know. So for me, I think having a cheaper player with not a big name, younger, you can mould them into the way that you want them to play is the way to go. Yeah, and, and I definitely the, agree. The problem with getting a big, a big name in, it's all about them. And then what mm. happens? They fail. Lamella, enough said. You know, they don't live up to their reputation. So you're going to to risk everything on a big name if if you're not even sure that they're going to succeed in in your club or in your conditions or in your style of play. Maybe that's the wrong um, example using Lamella, but I'm just saying, you know, in terms of of big money, you know, it worked for Real Madrid with, with getting Bale in. But it's not to say that it would work for us. And and it yeah. certainly failed by just throwing money at players for for whatever reason. It, it did nothing for us. And I think it's a better feeling, you know, going back to last season, Harry Kane, he's one of our own, um, Ryan Mason, Ben Slab. When you think of all those young players, and you also think of Deli Alley, who, okay, hasn't come through um, the youth setup at Spurs, but he's a young English player that we've, purchased um from one of the lower league clubs and uh, and it's just so much it's such a nice feeling when those players then go on and improve whilst playing for spurs um and and you see their development um then rather than buying ready-made um ready-made players who who are let's face it a lot not not in all cases but in some cases are going to be ready-made ready-made egos with you know the sort of players that would unsettle us I'd, I'd much ra- i'm happy that we don't have a diego costa in our team for example but we've got a harry kane <laughs> well, i'm very happy we don't have him <laughs> a choice between getting a deli ali or an eric dyer in mm. or bringing in like a bail type character who comes in and destroys teams for a couple of seasons and goes i definitely prefer the former uh, for the reasons that you guys have talked about. Okay. Um, so, um, moving along, Sam Moore asks, is Eric Dyer becoming the most important player in the Spurs side? I wouldn't say the most important, but he is by far one of the um, most uh, ad- Influential? Yes, thank you. Influential, without a doubt. I mean, I'm just, I'm first... just so impressed with that boy. 
Yeah, I mean, if the first six games are anything to go by, he's, he's our most, most improved player since that, last season. That's what I was wanting to say. Yeah. Thank you, Atua. That's, right, um, no that's exactly it. <laughs> most improved yeah. player mm. by far. Yeah. I mean, I'm still not 100% about him being in defensive midfield because I... I I think that his natural position is centre-back, and I think long-term that probably is going to be where he's going to play. In a similar way to Ledley King, I guess, yeah. who played quite a few games in central midfield before becoming our rock at the back. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's certainly um, come on leaps and bounds and is probably one of the first names on the team sheet at the moment. But he does such a great job as a holding midfielder, you know, yeah, when you, when the, I mean, you see what he's done. There past few games it's just yeah. it's just really interesting that Pochettino's put him there and and that we have him as an option there is outstanding so again there's another option we've got him as a centre-back or as a holding midfielder well, um, one I, thing I've noticed I don't know if you noticed this Jav- Javad when you yeah. go to games when we've got the ball at the back with our centre-backs you get Dyer dropping into the middle of them yeah. uh, to make yeah. up a three yeah. And that that allows our fullbacks to push on even f- further forward and give us more options in terms of making a pass. Yeah. And that flexibility in terms of him being able to play both posi- positions is is really valuable, I think. Yeah. And he's he's also obviously capable of. He you're absolutely right. He, he I have yeah he does that. I've I've I've, no, I've noticed that. That's a really good point. But he, he's also capable of slotting in on the right hand side because he's played right back as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. I. I think it was the Leicester game, which was the third game into the season. And on that podcast, Nicky, when I was in Joburg, um, I said, yeah, he's doing a good job, but that's not his long-term position. The Everton game was a turning point for me. I thought he was awesome against Everton, against Sunderland last week, and and then again today. Um, That three games, actually, on... On Thursday as well, I think my memory is going. I think he played on Thursday, but if he does it can, on a consistent basis now for the rest of the season, and then against the, it'll be interesting against Manchester City how he plays in that game. Mm. Um, but he's certainly starting to carve out a he, he more than capable at playing at centre back, and, and yes, he, he may well end up playing there. But he, I think he's carving out a little niche for himself as well. Um, yeah. Uh, um, following from that, Greg Taylor asks, people talked about Bentelab, be- Bentelab being a future Spurs captain. Um, Greg adds, I think it's more likely that Dyer will take the role. What do the panel think? Well, he's... you go, Arturo. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, I was going to say a quick one. I mean, I was going to say that he's, he's, he's shown good signs of it. I mean, I've, I've seen him um be very vocal on the pitch um he he is not afraid to give instructions or direction to more experienced senior players i've seen him having a go at the likes of Vatonga and walker at times and i think for a player so young who's only really got had one season at the club i think that's um that's a really um kind of a good personality trait to have um and just the position he plays, I think, whether it's defensive midfield or centre back, um, is is a is a great 
um, position to be able to see what's going on around him and, and, and look for danger and give instruction, that sort of thing. Um, we do have a couple of options there, though. Um, Bentelab, I mean, I know he's going through a bit of a rough patch at the moment, but I think he's he on when he's playing well and he's confident, I think he's got the um, potential for that as well. It just remains to be seen who steps up in the next couple of years, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I don't really have much to add to that. It's... Yeah, I think Deli Ali is another one, maybe, possibly. Yeah, but um... in, in time, you know, I think... I think you still need somebody who's just a little bit more senior to be able to see the landscape better well, and take better control. Well, at the moment, Larice is the captain. Now, yeah. the vice captain, on that basis, I'm not disagreeing with you, but on, on, on that basis, the vice captain should be Vertonghen, or, or it should be Alderweireld. Or um, why? But it happens... But because okay, so for two reasons. One, because they they've got the experience, I think, um, and they play at the back. I think I think it's good to have um, your captain either as a centre back or a midfield player because they're in a central position. They can see the rest of the play ahead of them. Um, but it so happens that Harry Kane is the vice captain, um, and he's fairly young. Um, but you know. Uh, I think, to, sorry, to bring it full circle back to the, to the question, I think Dyer, from what I've seen of Dyer, as well as being a very good player, um, he's quite vocal, um, which you don't see a lot in, in, in captains. To... In this day and age, a lot, a lot of the captains tend to lead by example. Um, mm. Don't get players that are talkers and that are v- v- um, vocal. Um, and Dyer strikes me as having those qualities. But... I don't know. Football, football's a funny old game because a few a few few weeks ago or a few months ago, we were talking about Bentlab as having a really good season and being the future and and whatever and 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 he will be, but at the moment it just maybe hasn't this season it hasn't gone the way that we would have hoped it has for him. Yeah, it's it's, it's but, a very fickle game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Certainly is. Okay, final two questions. Um, Nick Seal asks Kits all white at home. Or white and blue shorts. Now, obviously, when we play in, Euro- in the Europa and in, in European matches, we play in all white, and I think that's that's a tradition that goes back to the 1960s. Um, in um, um, in the Premier League, we play with white and blue shorts and white socks. So, at all, which one for you? Um, I've I've always liked the white, to be honest. Um, I I can see why we we save that for the European games to kind of make it all a little bit extra special. Um, but yeah, I, I do. I mean, because so many of of the the memories that I've I've got of of Spurs um, and kind of their successes. I mean, going back to what I was saying at the beginning about the '84 UEFA Cup final. Um, so many of those those memories of the old footage and stuff is we were, we were dressed in in the all white. Um, so there's a certain kind of mystique and and uh, and special kind of feeling about that. So I'd, I'd probably go for that. Mm. Okay. Okay. I don't have a preference really. I like all the kits, so you know, doesn't matter to me. Okay. As long well, as I'm we gonna... win. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm going to say that, so, I, I'm not, I don't mind the all-white on European nights, 
but I don't like it when, for instance, a few years ago when AVB was manager that season when Bale scored all those goals, 2012-2013, we played all, all whites in the Premier League. And we've done that before, I think, in the 86-87 season. I'm not a big fan of the all-whites per se. I don't mind it on, on particular occasions like European ties. Um, I, I'm going to suggest something else, which is white top, blue shorts, and rather than white socks, blue socks with a slight bit of white. Um, and the reason I say that is that's the kit that we wore in 1960-61. Um, mm. So blue socks rather than white. So at the moment it's white with the, with the blue at the top, um, and then it was it was blue with the little white stripe at the top. So um, uh, it would be nice in that we if, if we wore that kit. But there you go. Right, final question. Um, <laughs> this one um, I might just answer. Um, Paul Esau, who's um, one of our listeners, friend of the show, um, somebody I've 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 met before. I met him today again at White Hart Lane. Paul Esau asks, "Do you think there will be a time when the Tottenham faithful will accept cross dressing on a match day?" Um, now, just to explain, um, Paul turned up at the Everton game last year dressed as a nun. <laughs> I was um, going to ask, what was he wearing today? What, what, what was he wearing? Was he today? wearing? <laughs> He wasn't wearing a dress, but he was wearing a yellow tracksuit and he looked like a banana. Um, <laughs> he just stood out. Um, he, he, Paul, you're an atten- you, you are a attention-seeking... Well, I'm not going to complete the, the rest of the sentence, but you know what you are. <laughs> it's just Anybody a... want to add anything to that um, at all? Are you a fan of dressing up for Spurs games? Uh yeah, depending on the occasion. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I generally just come in my spare shirt, to be honest. But if people want to dress up as nuns or priests or or whatever they bananas. want. Um, yeah, exactly. Bananas, apples, oranges. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the more the merrier. Anything to make things a little bit more colourful. Okay. Well, on that note, we're all off to, to find ourselves some fancy dress um, for, for the next Spurs match. Um, thank you, thank you at all um, for making your uh, debut. It was a steady performance. Thank um, you, Javad, Nikki. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, con- congratulations, uh, Nikki, on the um, co-chair appointment as well. I didn't get to say it earlier. Uh, thank you very much. I do appreciate no it, and thank you for writing articles for our podcast website, Tottenham Hotspur Anytime. Family Podcast website. Mm. Anytime, think, thank you. Nikki, we we should have. A few more in the pipeline, I believe. Hopefully soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We without, do without without revealing who and what, and but, but yeah. there will be a few more articles. Um, Nikki, thanks as ever, and yep, uh, the future's bright. The future's Lily White. Good night.
said I agree. Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt. Cause have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out all the hurt.